To Adventure Guys, the podcast for humans and dogs. I'm Eric the Human. And I'm Nick the Human. And it's uh, it's nice to talk to all our friends out there in uh, headphone land. Uh, that's you. How are you doing? Hope it's good. <laughs> Eric, it's good to talk to you too. Um, it's been a little bit. We've been off our normal rhythm, but we will get back in, in action soon. But we're making time for it and we're keeping it up. I'm happy that we're doing it. Yeah, we, uh, we've got some rescheduling in our near future because the pandemic is about to give way to some of our normal activities again. And our previous Friday night recording time is going to now be gig time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. It's like things, I know people are going to listen to this weeks, months, years later, but um, at this point in time, when we are recording this, it's really like the new era is opening up and beginning. Um, and it's, it's crazy. I went back to New York this past week, which I may have mentioned on air. I don't know if I did, but I went back um, for a couple days for a wedding um, in New Jersey, literally days after they lifted the mask mandate. CDC did um, everyone there was vaccinated. It was, it was cool to see people. And then I went back to New York, back to my old stomping grounds of Brooklyn Greenpoint, which Eric, you know, now of yep. um, I'm headed there in a few hours. Awesome. Um, so might move there. We'll see. Um, it's been fun. It was oh, going to gonna downgrade your hipster status just a little bit from <laughs> Williamsburg to Greenpoint. Or upgrade, depending on who you're talking to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yep. But yeah, you got it. So it'll be, yeah, so I might do it. But yeah, I mean, like literally I was getting the plane. I was like, right as I was leaving, I was like, this is the end of an era, beginning of a new one. Um, not fully. We're not fully there, but it's happening. You know, um, you got some, you got some gigs coming back in the books. Eric? Yeah. My first gig is, uh, this weekend. It's a road gig. We're doing a wedding in South Carolina. Pro musician life. Yeah, back in action. It's almost like being on tour again. Yeah. That's cool. Is this your first gig with a wedding band? Yeah. That's exciting. You're, you're going to be good at it. You're good. With, I mean, it's our, it's my first gig with this wedding band. I've played plenty of weddings in my day. Yeah, but not it's always stressful because, you know, there's always this possibility that you could ruin someone's like most important day of their <laughs> life. <laughs> if you're not fully prepared and rehearsed. Yeah. I guess that's why wedding bands are usually so tight. Like I, I, I haven't, I know they must exist and be out there, but I've never seen a truly horrible wedding band, you know? Yeah, they exist. Yeah, no, I know. They must. <laughs> there's bad everything, right? Yeah. Have you seen them? Have you seen a bad wedding band? Uh, yeah. Now, what made them bad? Were they unprepared? Were they sloppy? Was it a bad singer? A combination of all those, but also you got to have like the right MC, like fronting everything. Yeah, sure, sure. And someone that can really work a crowd and, and you know keep the party going. Yeah, uh, and that takes a, just a very special kind of personality to do that. It's true. Have you ever been to a wedding where the MC has got that personality, got the energy, but their energy might not sp specifically be good for that wedding? Have you ever seen this phenomenon? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> where they're going and hard and it's party time. And you look around the room and you're like, everyone's having a good time. But I think we party a little differently than this MC might party. <laughs> yeah, we're not his target demo. We're not his target demo. But I appreciate he's still doing the thing. Because, look, he, this is what he's got and he's keeping the party going. And it's usually a he, right? I mean, there's definitely female ones, but in my day, there's been it's been a lot of uh, guys. Um, yeah, I've definitely seen more of that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting. Um, but it's good. I mean, hey, I guess also like people pay. The wedding band is not where you skimp usually, um, or wedding DJ. Um, so right. I guess people are usually like looking for a good one. Um, yeah, well, that's why we can afford, you know going to South Carolina with a New York band. Yeah. Because <clears throat> there is a budget for it. Yeah. Now, if I were to get married, I've thought about, I've wondered if I would want, I guess I would want a band, but also, you know, DJ, I'll just, I don't know why I'm saying this to you now as you're making your money off of it and excited to go for the gig. <laughs> but DJ is not a bad uh, option. <sighs> band is better. Yeah. I don't know. I'm. Have you... Have uh, have the Hall Phonics played? You've played weddings. Yeah, we've played plenty of weddings. Uh, you remember Coleman from yeah, our college scout band? We played his wedding. <laughs> that must have been a blast. Yeah, that was a fun one. Did um, you did you play non ska? Like, did you just do straight up like Motown at all, or was you just a hundred percent ska for the whole wedding? It was maybe like eighty ninety percent ska. Like there were a few like typical pop kind of songs in there, but. Sure. We still had the horn section, so you know they were arranged and a little more punk kind of vibe, I sure. guess, with with horns. But and you've got good. I'm just you know like you've like you've covered like Earth, Wind, and Fire and stuff before, but like you could almost like just throw a couple of those in there for everybody. Like, you know. sure. I mean the the horn section is just <clears throat> that's what hypes people up. I mean, I guess that's yeah. true of the entire '90s ska punk genre. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, having a horn section in a, in a wedding band or, you know, just your typical cover band, it always brings the energy up just a little bit more. And people don't even really know what's happening with the horn section. It's like everything is a trumpet, you know? Yeah. The sax is a trumpet. The trombone is a trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> but they love it. They but love, they love to see it. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What is that? That must, there's something in. I wonder if it's learned or is there some sort of biological response to hearing a horn section because you just get out there. People don't even know what they're hearing, why it's revving them up, but it just makes you feel happy and want to party. It just heightens the entire experience. I mean, I got to say that's what drew me to the ska genre. I mean, ska doesn't necessitate a horn section. No, it's not like the foundations of that genre had nothing intrinsically related to to the horn section but uh you know my introduction was through 90s ska punk yeah oh and, yeah and it, the the thing on the radio with a trombone is what caught my ear so totally and and i mean even in non-ska music like if you get a good horn section coming in it just pops pumps you up even like you know adding strings to music that's not you know the, in the traditional like you know classical music canon like also can pump you up um it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if it's contextual or um, if there's some science behind it, but it works for me. I think it works for everybody. Like horns are just better. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I'm I'm glad that you're gonna go down there, South Carolina. That'll be a good trip. Um. 
hey, you're back on tour. How about that? <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. I'm gonna go to. I'm gonna have to go to uh to Nashville this week for some work. That'll be interesting. Oh. Um. I don't think I'm gonna get into the crate. Like, have you seen any? Like, there's some videos out there of, of Nashville. Like, people are out there. I mean, people are out everywhere, but just like slammed to the gills. Um. At Tennessee is fucking up a lot of things right now. Yeah. They're simultaneously being really dumb about the virus and really dumb about transphobia. <laughs> and I, the whole, like, I guess Nashville is the only place where people are like kind of trying to fight back against all that stuff. But, you know, Nashville. There's is, been a lot going on in the world this last week as well as me traveling. I missed, I don't, I miss whatever they're doing to trans people. I can look that up on my own time. Um, it sounds like I'm not going to like it. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> when, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, well, we'll, we'll keep moving. We don't need to go so deep on uh, any sort of political agenda in the opening of our adventure time podcast. It's okay. <laughs> um, um, but speaking of things, okay. I think this episode has maybe some sort of uh, political implications of Adventure Time that we talked about today. Uh, yes. Sociopolitical? Yeah. Not, not, not directly political, like in a, in a King Queen kind of way, but a monarchy, um, political structure. But yeah, it's our guess there. Our vibe's weird today, but, uh, let's, let's, (laughs) let's get it going. Let's talk about the app. So I I gotta confess, my brain might be a little scrambled on this because I watched the episode last night, mm-hmm. but then this morning I watched the new distant distant land special. Oh boy! Um, so what? Uh, tell the tell the fine folks what uh what episode we're talking about today. Uh, the season eight finale, elements part. Islands. Islands part eight. <laughs> I just said my brain was scrambled. So I love how I put it on you to say the title of the episode. And then I immediately am just correcting you. <laughs> I said it because I, I couldn't remember the name of the episode. I didn't have it up. The light cloud. The light cloud. Um, now, we're obviously the islands, famous multi-parter miniseries with inside of the eighth season. Um, and we're covering just the last episode today. Now, this is where our format could potentially get into trouble. And be I a single host of this uh, podcast, we would be in trouble. But luckily we have you, Eric, um, who can, as we talk about this episode, bring in the other uh, you know, elements of the previous seven installments of the Islands miniseries. But yet again, this is the second episode we're covering. We also covered, I believe it was part four, is the BMO episode. Still kind of worked still works on its own. Like I haven't seen immediately. I know this is dumb for me hosting adventure time podcast. Haven't seen the whole, um, islands miniseries, but what's, uh, what's great is that it kind of works on its own yet again. Um, and you can kind of pick up, you know, there's, there's a few things that are jarring. You're like, wait, what am I missing? But if you pay attention by the end of this 11, 12 minutes, like, you know, everything that's pertinent, you know, I think. Yeah. I was definitely fuzzy on a lot of the, details and context um like the whole episode uh i just couldn't shake the question like this is finn's mom is this 
like really her or is this like a recording of her or like an emulation of her or is her like spirit actually like transferred into this computerized version like what what's with and then i you know we get to the end of the episode and finn actually addresses that question like oh yeah we were supposed to be wondering yeah (laughs) um very cool this you know we talked about this in the other one that we did which is like it's all kind of matrixy um and and it's still kind of matrixy um and we say socio-political like so basically Here's what's going down is that they're on this island and this is where humans are, right? Uh, uh, This is what I've gathered is like Finn's kind of found where in the land of Ooh, this like whole universe where a lot of the humans are and it's on this island for safekeeping. Yeah. So we get a glimpse of this big boat. Yeah. uh, And I think it's implied that the boat is... The same one from Marceline's flashbacks uh, when she was turning into a vampire and there were like humans that were kind of refugees of the mushroom war that were trying to escape Mm -hmm. and they left on a boat and I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be the same boat. So like the humans who survived the mushroom war just set sail and founded a new colony. And mm-hmm. kind of got separated from everything else that was going on in the land of Ooh. Yeah. And they started a co- colony there. And now this is where the it's probably addressed in the previous, um, probably the previous installment. But it seems, you know, sort of matrixy, sort of it, that everyone who's on the island is staying there and kind of wants to stay there. It seems that it was explained to them either by Finn's mom or a sort of political entity that the outside world is scary. There's bad things out there. There's frogs and dirt and crowds and danger (laughs) and basically using fear to keep them on this Island. Um, and although they're using fear, it's they're doing so because it's a safer place and a better place for them to be. Right. Um, which, you know, sounds a lot like how uh, a lot of organized religions and, uh, uh, political policies, um, are shaped, you know, um, we're going to decide what's best for you. So we're going to shape your world outlook existence through fear, um, to then motivate you to do what, sure, what we want, but also what's best for you, which is to stay here on this Island. Yeah. Well, you also see in some of Susan Strong's flashbacks that I think happened in earlier episodes of this mini mini series, uh, that there is legit programming, Okay. And re-education camp style, like this is what you're supposed to believe. Like when they're young, they condition these humans to think a certain way uh, and they're pretty militaristic about it. Yeah. And <laughs> and you get, a, you get a sense of this because it, it opens and Susan is talking to her friend Frida who's working in this sort of game store or whatever. And Susan is... Um, apologizing because it's like hey for you said there was an outside world you said there's more i didn't believe you and there was like i'm i'm just here to apologize and like but you know you're right and like we can go do this if you want and frida is sort of just like placated like i don't want to think about this too much it'll make me mad um i'm past it she's sort of just like almost probably gone through a bit of programming herself right yeah yeah. Yeah. It's it's hard to figure out her her brain space because 
<clears throat> by the end of the episode, she kind of comes around. It's not yeah. really clear what changed for her. It, it's to me anyway, but it, it's sort of like a, she needed to be re need to be reawoken. Um, and she needed to talk to Susan or Kara, I guess, as she was born as, um, and they knew each other as previously and hear Finn talk about it a little bit. Um, but yeah, they have that kind of exchange and she's like, kind of just drop it. And then we see, um, Finn and Jake with the mom who's like a simulation, like she's in a screen, um, and around her are these other moms that are clearly robots that like she's controlling that the person inside the screen is controlling. Um, and you know, she's, she's telling him like, don't leave. Like if you leave, there's this guard, right. That was out to protect the Island. That's broken and gone haywire. And it will get its wires crossed and smash you and you will die if you go out right now. So don't do that. Like, I'm telling you, I'm your mom. I don't want you to die. Also, she's like, the world is scary out there. It's bad. It's terrible. I don't want you to get hurt. Like, stay where it's safer and it's better and you can be controlled. Like, which clocks as a maternal instinct, right? Um, And Finn's sort of like, yeah, I hear you, mom. But, like, out there's my home. Like, this is good. And they he wants to show her everything. And, and, you know, I guess this is, you know, in a normal, uh, you know, <laughs> in this world to communicate to your mom about different worldviews or how you th- see things differently. You'd have to have probably multiple long conversations that would take hours and might involve arguing or, or pain or whatever, or, um, come to terms with differing philosophies and life experiences. But what's great about this is, is that Finn gets to just stick his hand and arm into the screen where his mom is, and it seems to sort of like flash the last like I don't know eight years of his life and all the big things that have happened to him um, for his mom, and not just for him and his mom, but also like Jake sees it as well because he goes, "Hey, sick remembrances, bro." So <laughs> it almost is like we all, everyone is just being flashed with all the crazy stuff that Finn has been through, which like it's fun because you get to see like clips of all the episodes from the last eight seasons and it's it's crazy and, and yeah. kind of madness and finn thinks he's making an argument for his case yeah but minerva is like what the fuck you you did all this shit yeah obviously the outside world is dangerous like it's it's she says it's chaotic yeah you did this he's, she, what, she, 15 at this point like you can't be 15 years old like fighting monsters all over the world like we're gonna shut this shit down right you, now <laughs> you dated a bit of fire that's what she says that was i wrote that down as one of my favorite quotes you dated a bit of fire um because she was him uh kissing flame princess which was hilarious she has an irish accent right yeah I, I didn't uh check who the voice actor is yeah but that was pretty fun um so finn's like Okay, like, she's like, and so she says, like, get into this pod, the Matrix-style pod we saw before. Let it, like, let your essence blossom and, and stay. And, and Finn's like, no, Mom, I'm not doing that. I'm not going into your pod. I am going to leave this place and go back to where my home is. And I'm also going to free everybody. Like, and he's going to, like, sort of, um, you know, Neo this thing, Jesus this thing, and get everybody out of this like um weird reality they're in and she's like okay cool go do it um you're gonna see that uh most people here are happy and they don't want to leave um 
And then we go back to see Susan Strong talking to Frida and they're having the convo and it's hard. Um, and Finn goes out kind of into the courtyard of this main island and starts just sort of preaching on the street and gets everybody's attention and is like, there's more to life than just being in here, people. Like, um, And he starts throwing out some really great direct philosophical quotes, you know? He says, like, you know, everyone's talking about why they're afraid about there. And he's like, stop letting fear make all your decisions for you, um, which is which is pretty great. Um, and we we go see Susan is trying to talk sense into into uh, Frida and she starts saying almost the same thing as Finn at the same time, which is how do you know you're happy if someone else decided for you? And she hears that and is like, Frida, come on, let's go listen to Finn. And Finn keeps going. Um, and it's a lot of these great just questions that I think everyone probably has to deal with when you're establishing your own identity as a person outside of your parents, you know, crafted reality, right? Like, that's kind of how I th- think of this episode. Sure, it's like a bigger thing and there's more people involved, but you could look at it as... Are all of our parents, all your parents who, if they love and care about you, kind of create or craft a reality for you that's safe and nurturing and loving and and great and it's and it helps you and they're doing it because they love you, but at the same time, it is limited, right? Like it can only be so big and you have to go out on your own and start establishing yourself um, and you can't be afraid to go do that. And it's natural that your parents are going to be afraid or whatever, but you, you you can't just let them tell you, no, just stay here, stay, stay safe, whatever. Like it's, it's part of life to go and blossom out of it. Um, yeah. And ultimately he convinces everyone. Yeah. But I mean, but he's saying these great things and everyone's like, um, his, his mom is, is, is watching and there's literally a guy there. who's like, Hey, this guy's great. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> and everyone's like very easily convinced by him. Um, and she's like, oh, this is bad. Um, I am going to lock the island in with this huge, like, force field cloud thing. Um, yeah, I think what she's about to do is, like, have everyone transcend their meat bodies into, like, the cloud where she is. Oh, that's what was happening? I thought it was like, I'm going to make sure no one leaves. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean... I. This is like some them, Jim Jones shit. Yeah, like, one of them says like "say goodbye to your meat bodies." Oh my god! Like that. <laughs> yeah, that is well, that's some cults. Uh, they really like uh, up it, and that's where I think you get into some more like religious political things outside of this sort of, uh, you know, child parent, uh, you know, story that I was talking about. But wow, that's pretty. That's pretty crazy. Um, yeah, it, this is the question that stresses me out the whole episode is like, but is that real? Is it a, like, are they making a copy of their brain waves that isn't who they actually are? Are they just going to all die right now? Like, yeah. What are we, what are we getting into? Um, yeah. And I, I couldn't remember if that was addressed in the previous episode, but yeah, in the, the very final scene, Finn asks the question like, Oh, it's on everyone's mind, but like they don't get an answer. Yeah. Um, but, but Have you, I, I, yeah. Have you seen that show on Netflix, Altered Carbon? No. It's a sci-fi show. It kind of deals with that question as like the premise. 
Huh. It's like because they they supposedly scientifically isolate like the biological soul, and they can load it into different bodies. Whoa. That's yeah. That's the premise of the show. It's it's interesting. Yeah, that sounds cool. I, I I've checked that out. Um, it's a it's a really heavy thought experiment at the very least. <laughs> yeah, which is good. I like my my stuff to make me think that. Um. So anyway, um, Finn is like goes to stop this, so he runs in, and goes and talks to his mom, and is like, "Stop!" Um, and he says to her, "You know, you're only doing this because you want me to stay, so I'm gonna stay." What and a hero, Finn the human. Finn the human, also kind of just getting right to the heart of what's going on with his mom. Um, and not dancing around it, not being mad, not yelling or fighting with her, but just kind of going right to the heart of it. And, uh, you know, he's like, you gotta stop hurting people. And she goes, no, I'm helping people. And he goes, I, that's not helping people. I know what helping people is. And then he goes and puts his arm into the screen again to show her things. And we get a nice montage of a lot of the nice things Finn the hero has done. Yeah. This was the clip show that he should have put on before. Not, not the, (laughs) All the dangers of the land of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he does it, and it's really fun to to watch and and see. Um, and um, she goes, "Whoa, like you helped people too." And it's like, it's okay. So if you grew up to be some like that to do the same thing I did, like the world out there can't be all that. Um, and she kind of what like frees them and is like, "All right." Like everyone can leave if they, if they want. Um, and right. Um, and then he, they, they, they go and they're they're going to all board the ship and are going to leave now. But Finn's like, I'll stay for a little bit. You are my mom after all. And like to, to show that he loves her and it's, you know, um, yeah, not- it's not clear how long they stay, but I think given that we see Minerva in like the series finale again, it like they've, at least stayed long enough to establish like a real relationship of some sort. Right. So they go to leave and then all the people that Finn convinced that live on the island to leave are all like, Oh, we're leaving now. You meant like now. Oh, like we, we thought you meant in a while. I, I still got some things to do. Yeah. Keep in touch. Well, maybe we'll leave soon. <laughs> yeah. So they get, they get on this boat, but, but, um, Frida and Kara, AKA Susan are going to leave too. So they get on the boat, it's all going well, and then, just like Minerva warned, and we see in the, the opening clip of the show, which is like a simulation that she did, um, of this giant robot guard that's going to smash the um, yeah, boat. That was a real fake-out move without watching the first seven parts of this miniseries. Yeah. I was like, wait, they already did all that, and now they're leaving? Right. <laughs> totally. um, right. So then, so then it comes, and it's going to come down. And they're like, oh, right, this is what was going to happen. And as it's as the robot is going to smash the boat in half, Frida, with her like watch that she has, puts a force field around the, uh, the boat and saves it. And to me, it saves it. And then Finn jumps into the broken eye of this robot and plugs in like his mom's consciousness into the thing and... And she's like, hey, guard, you've done a great job. You can stand down now. Let these guys pass. Um, and to me, that was like a really great moment uh, symbolizing is that 
you know, parents or even people can be afraid of the outside world and afraid of going out there alone. But if you're good about it, you make some friends and some buddies and carry with you the memories of your mom, right? Because the mom's gone. It's just her memories. He, Finn is carrying her as guidance. And also Frida, new friend, and Susan is there to help him. So it's like, sure, if you were out there on your own in the wilderness, that thing would have smashed your boat in half and it would have sucked. But you're not out there alone. You can create you get friends and you have the the ingenuity that your parents gave you like his mom warned him of that potential danger and then they were able to thwart it and because of the lessons that she taught him and that's what putting a child out into the world is you prepare them for these moments you prepare them for them you tell them hey this bad shit can happen so then when that bad shit happens they know how to navigate it like that's what good parenting is and then so like by setting that up early in the episode now at the end we get to see the fulfillment of the great parenting the help of the friends and it's like ah yes Finn will be okay. We will all be okay because, <laughs> because we're doing it good. And, and life, life isn't just scary aloneness all the time. Um, um, and I, I liked, I liked that. Um, and then they sail off into the sunset. Um, yep. season eight finale finale and BMO's on the, the, the front of the ship yelling about torpedoes or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, very, very fan service episode. Yeah. And I think it's, I, I, I it definitely fan. Sorry. You finish your thought. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it gives us all the backstory that we never had about Finn that we always wanted. Uh, and it relates back to a bunch of other episodes from the series. Like those little montages are all like very fan service. Remember this? Remember this? Remember this? Yeah, definitely fans are, I, I'm with you on that. But I, 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 as I just, you know, went on my rant, um, I still think it had a lot of merit on its own and a lot of good content yeah. to uh, good symbols and just kind of explaining who Finn is. It, it, it covered his backstory in a really great way um, and not also celebrating who Finn's become in absence of a backstory like he doesn't know where he comes from and sure he finds out who he is and it's really great to know and it, it puts a lot of pieces together but also he in in absence of that and having his family in his life he still really um created something great and they they kind of honor that you know like he's almost better off than if he had just been on this island the whole time like he's a more fully formed empathetic and um caring person but I don't know if he, it sounds like his, it seems like his mom may have uh, still raised him. Right. So to say, but it's not all bad. Right. You know, um, does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's comp it's more complicated than being like, dang, if, if I had, if, if Finn grew up with his, a loving mom and dad, like his life would be right. It's like, well, no, the experiences you have make who you are. It's not that simple. It's not like better or worse. Maybe it's different. I don't know. Yeah. It really, um, it really goes in deep into Finn's character, yeah, and just how he got built the way he was, and uh, you know, watching the Distant Lands special that, together again, yeah, just it was a great one-two punch for Finn's character development. Oh. Like it really, really goes in. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to spoil anything from that, but man, it. 
it was a great choice to watch this particular random episode of the yeah. main series right before watching together again. Oh yeah, dude. Um, did while you were watching it, did you happen to see the snail? No, I did not see the snail. Nick, did you see the snail? No, I didn't see the snail. Okay. <laughs> I, I was too caught up in the drama of the of the episode, like I think, uh, to look for it. Um, I was looking around, but I didn't. I didn't see it. There were a lot of very busy shots. I yeah. I think I noticed like the background art of this episode was. Uh-huh. A little bit more involved than usual. Well, that's interesting. It's I, new- I think that's saying something because it's usually a pretty complex environment that we get. Yeah. Uh, but I just happened to key into that. that. Like we've got a lot of busy backgrounds, a lot of like really rich visuals. Yeah. Um, and I didn't see the snail hiding in any of them. Huh. Well, um, I have a question. I guess there's got in distant lands and like, is there snail in there? Um, I totally saw the snail in this special. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's great. But I did not see it in the other two so far. But that would lead me to believe it, that guy's in there somewhere. Maybe. Maybe. Um, it's. I'm. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not saying anything further. I won't spoil distant lands. The reason. Okay. So I happen to find myself in this ridiculous situation because. I, I tell you, like I rotate my streaming services, so yeah, I only pay for what I'm watching at the time. Uh huh. And I let my HBO Max subscription lapse a couple weeks ago because I was watching Hulu for Star versus the Forces of Evil, which I finished, and that is a great show. Um, and Adventure Time is also on Hulu, so I figured I'll. I'll let my HBO Max lapse until June just yeah. so I can avoid paying that 15 bucks in May. <laughs> Makes and sense. And then they, they dropped the Distant Land special, which is only on HBO Max. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I can just wait until next month to watch this special. But then I saw, I started seeing um, memes pop up about it yeah. online. And then the, uh, the Lich posting group on Facebook said, all right, the... Like three day, four day spoiler moratorium for Distant Lands is now over. So get ready. Yeah. I was like, I don't want anything spoiled. So I just need to resubscribe to HBO Max and watch this right now. Uh, Yeah. Makes sense. Dude, it's, isn't it weird? Like, this has got to be one of the only shows that's on multiple streaming services like this. Um, Must be due to like HBO Max doing Distant Lands, you know? But uh, still interesting. It is the, it's weird when you consider about like which huge conglomerates own what companies. I guess they just already had a license with Hulu, which is owned by Disney. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, Cartoon Network is owned by Warner Brothers, which owns HBO. So I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know either. <laughs> um, let's see if we do know about some miscellaneous. That was an awful, awful segue. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Miscellaneous Mania. Yeah, there we go. There's things you may not know. Those 
so this episode, I think, just had a lot of connections to other points in the series. Which is nice. Like, yeah, they were very self-referential, you know, in a fan service kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of, one of the things I didn't pick up on until I looked at the wiki was Finn is resistant to electricity. He gets shocked twice in this episode. Uh-huh. And... It's kind of like a central plot point like when he plugs in Minerva's consciousness into the big robot. Yeah. He gets shocked, but he's able to resist it. Uh, and it's because I totally forgot this previous episode where he's helping out Huntress Wizard and like she casts a spell on him to be able to resist electricity or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they show that clip of him helping Huntress Wizard in the little montage. Wow. So, I mean, they're... They're very intentionally being self-referential in, in, you know, subtle detail oriented ways. And I love that. Yeah, me too. Especially for like a season, um, ender, like a, and like, it's nice. Um, it's, it's a nice moment for those kinds of things. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm on the wiki right now. There's, there's tons of small little references, um, here and there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems interesting that the in season seven, there's the, the episode the dark cloud because this is the light cloud to to imply a sort of yin and yang, you know? Yeah. Um, and they're both also the last episodes of the miniseries that they're a part of. Just a that's a fun little detail. But cool. Uh, Minerva is voiced by Sharon Horgan, who does the voice of the mom on uh disenchantment ah you watch that show no i i watched a couple episodes i'd watch more i liked it um i mean i'm a huge futurama fan and it's kind of in that style of storytelling i mean it's matt greening so yeah and i i like abby jacobson i would watch yeah. it and eric andre ah Nice. Uh, yeah, I mean the voice cast is really good in that. Yeah. All right, maybe I'll watch it. It's a little bit slow to start. Uh, you kind of have to get invested in the characters a little bit before the story moves along. Mm-hmm. It's not like the most laugh out loud funny show, considering you know the the lineage of Futurama and The Simpsons and everything. But it's a uh, it's got a lot of heart if you invest the time. Nice. All right, I will. That's I'd lo- my review of Disenchantment. I'd like to watch it. I, I really want to do a rewatch of The Simpsons, honestly. Um, I briefly considered that um, when I had access to Disney Plus, and I immediately threw that idea out the window. <laughs> too much? Too long? It's a lot. I also don't think I like The Simpsons as much as I remember liking them when I was 12. Well, that's part of why I want to watch it. Like, I want to watch it with the adult lens. I, You know... There's people that I know in my life who have rewatched it as adults and are like, no, it, it holds up. Like, it's really great. Um, I think maybe so, like the 90s era Simpsons yeah, the, does. the early stuff does. The first like whole couple handfuls of season. Um, but it would be worth getting to. I don't know. Um, but this is a fun app. I'm glad, I'm glad we got this one. Like we had a couple. I mean, we've been getting good apps, but this it was it felt just like a really nice one to watch this week. Um, should- yeah. If uh, if you're debating whether or not to watch the Distant Land special, 
now would be a great time after just watching the light cloud. Are you saying that to fans or to me? Both. Okay. <laughs> All right. Maybe you don't I'll need do to have watched the first two. Okay. Um, although maybe you should watch at least Obsidian first because it'll prep you for the emotional impact. Yeah. Okay. Now we have to pick a new episode for next week. Should we do that? Should we do Distant Lands? Like, are you asking if we should be topical yeah. for once? Yeah. <laughs> it's just an idea. Uh, sure, why not? We we don't have to, but it feels like it might be a smart thing to do. <laughs> or even fun, maybe? We could... We could also yeah. we could also generate and then compare what we got. I don't know. <laughs> Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> Let's pick our best option. Maybe we'll get a real stinker on the generator. <laughs> what are we going to watch next week? What are we going to watch? Let's go! It's the episode. Generator. Generator's giving us season nine, episode 10, abstract. I don't know what that is. It's the first episode after the Elements miniseries. Mm. Seems like it's a very random pick if ever there was a random pick. So do we want to do the random pick or the timely release appropriate Distant Land special? I leave it to you, my friend. <laughs> when are we going to... When are we going to record next? Well, I, was well just, I already watched it, so I don't have to budget any time. So I, well, I was just thinking that I, I'm not going to really be able to until a week from Monday, probably. So it's topicality is going to be off a little bit, but uh, still might be good to do. Okay, let's do let's do the Distant Land special together again. Are they doing more of these? There will be one more that is confirmed hopefully they keep doing more maybe that one we should like do the week it comes out too <laughs> yeah yeah okay cool well let's do it <laughs> all right uh Good. next week distant lands together again prep prep yourselves watch it join us um i, oh. I cried oh boy okay i gotta get ready um, <laughs> um all right well this is fun eric I hope you have a good uh, a good time in uh, Old Greenpoint. Say say hello to it for me. I'll be back in not yeah. too long. Cool, All dude. Right, Doug. See you later. Peace out, y'all.